Kurt, it's time for some more fun facts. Uh, we've kind of gone back and forth of, you know, should the fun facts be related to the topic? Uh, you're pretty strong in your opinions about <laughs> it not being related to the topic. Today, I disagree. Today. Hi, I, John, by the way. <laughs> hey, good to see you, Kurt. Um, I have a fun fact that is related to our topic today as we have uh, guest William P. Smith on the podcast today. Uh, he'll be joining us in just a second. Uh, Kurt, do you want to go first with your fun fact? Uh, sure. Um, I kind of have two fun facts, but uh, and I don't want to date this podcast, but I want to say that recently, uh, I mean, it's, it's not going to date that much, but Recently, there have been um, Christianity's been in the news or just been in the culture in two kind of ways I've seen it. Uh, and I was surprised and excited. The first one was uh, Do you know about the Amber Geiger trial? I do. The, not. Police, the policewoman who shot and killed uh, her neighbor. She, she, yes. she says okay. she thought she was. I've yeah. heard a little bit, but not much. Tell us. Yeah. Well, anyway, all that to say is that she was convicted of murder to, uh, for 10 years for murdering um, a guy named Botham Jean um, or Jean. I, I don't know how you say his last name, but uh, I'm not even 100% sure I've got her name right. The only thing I wanted to share was is that you can find online uh, his brother, the victim's brother, giving a speech after the sentencing, after she was sentenced to, I think, 10 years in prison. Um uh, and, uh, he talks about giving your life to Christ. Uh, and he says that he forgives her and that he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her and he wishes no ill will on her and he loves her. And then he asked the judge if it would be okay if he went over and gave her a hug Wow. And he hugged her and the judge is crying. Wow. So this video is powerful. Um, but this whole thing is about, um, about, I mean, he just lays out forgiveness, uh, according to the gospel, uh, you know, she's still going to go to jail and she's still going to serve her sentence. Um, but anyway, just really powerful, uh, pretty cool thing to see. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be all over the news. So, uh, the other thing is, is that, and this is a, a more, uh, uh, cautious fun fact, but, Whenever I see a television show or hear about a television show that has a Christian in the show, I feel like I have an obligation not only to observe, to watch the show, but also to, you know, to talk about it. And there is a new show on Netflix or a relatively new show on Netflix. Um, it's called Unbelievable, and it's about rape. So it's a dark dark subject. It's about police officers who are pursuing a rapist. So there you go. It's, um, and I've seen the episodes now and it's just really sad and really heavy, but I will say this, the lead character is a Christian an outspoken, the lead detective in the case is an outspoken Christian. And she, she has Bible verses written on her, um, dashboard uh, she has here I am send me from Isaiah, from Isaiah on her dashboard. There's a scene where she's in church. They sing in Christ alone. What? Like 
Yes. What, what, I'm sorry. What, what what is this television show on again? What network? Netflix. What is, Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're singing in Christ alone. And she is even given a hard time by her by some of her fellow workers about being a Christian um, and about maybe their misconceptions about what it means to be a Christian. But you just so, in my opinion, you just so rarely see an outspoken Christian in media portrayed. And she's not a perfect character, obviously, um, but it wouldn't be a true you know, depiction of a Christian if she was. Uh, but she is the, really the hero of the story and she's a Christian and a mom and a married woman and um, and a detective. And I was just really I thought it was just awesome. Yeah. I, you just I you just almost never see it. And I, when they when the scene started and they were in church singing in Christ alone, I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> uh, That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I know that song. <laughs> Um, that, that's interesting. So unbelievable is the name of the show. Okay. But, but it's rough. It's rough. You're uh, not, you're I not, mean, yeah. yeah, I don't think there's any, I'm trying to remember if there's any, like, it's just dark because mm-hmm. you know, for all the reasons that you would guess that it is. Yeah. Um, well, even you saying that I can remember, um, the war movie fury. Did you ever see that with I, Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf? I think I've seen parts of it, but never the whole thing. Like one of those things where maybe I was, I saw it on a television somewhere. Yeah. But it's a, you know, um, very rough war movie, very graphic, very violent. But Shia LaBeouf's character is a Christian in the movie. And I've heard some people say that, you know, it's one of the most realistic pictures of a Christian. He's not just this perfect portrayal, um, but has some very powerful scenes and it's a very interesting scenes again a very rough movie but very uh, interesting depict depiction of a christian where again you're kind of like what's happening they're actually showing a believer as a real person mm. and uh yeah there's some interesting backstory there of how um brad pitt grew up as a believer and uh grew up in a church and he actually coached shia labeouf on how to sound like a christian and act like a christian and that just through those conversations, there's been talk of, you know, Shia LaBeouf kind of exploring Christianity more and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Kurt, we've got to kind of have an abrupt stop here because we're about to jump on a call with uh, William P. Smith uh, to talk about his book. But very quickly, a uh, fun fact that's related to our topic today, Kurt, because we're going to be talking about words. We're going to be talking about communication. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to look up um, how many words we speak a day. Uh, there's different studies, but, uh, you know, obviously, I guess I'm not trying to say that harshly, but women speak more than men on average, uh, not <laughs> uh, all the time. So there's one study that shows uh, women speak on average about 20,000 words a day, and the average man uh, hovers closer to Eight, s- eight seven, <laughs> se- 14, 7,000. <laughs> 7,000. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. And then there's another study that says uh, women speak on average 16,215 words per day, and men speak 15,669 words per day. So there's different studies, but, you know, as we're talking about communication today, as we're talking about words, I thought it'd be interesting to think, you know, Scripture tells us we will give an account for every careless word we speak. 
uh, to, to think of how many words we speak in a day. And then related to that, Kurt, text. How many, how many of those words that the men speak are the word dude? I just wonder. <laughs> like, what percentage? Real dude. quick, real quick, because we're about to have to jump on a call. Uh, 18 to 24-year-olds send and receive about 128 text messages per day. 25 to 35-year-olds sent and received about 75 text messages per day. And then 35 to 44, about 52 text messages 45 to 54, about 33 text messages per day. So, and then 55 and up is about 16 text messages per day. So anyway, I'm just thinking about the words that we communicate each and every day, how frequently that occurs. Um, Kurt's laughing. Well, that number is so low for older people because it just takes them long to type it. <laughs> yes. They're just one finger, index finger typing. That's why. Well, and they have, to, they have to omit all the misspelled text messages and all that stuff. So... Um, Kurt, let's go ahead and break. This is Joe Deegan playing in the background. And as we come back in, uh, William P. Smith will be joining us. Perfect. Welcome back, guys. Thanks to Joe Deegan for that music. Uh, and uh, we are, this is one of my favorite kind of episodes that we do, John. Uh, we are joined by, I'm going to call him right now, William P. Smith, the author of a book that we're going to discuss, Parenting with Words of Grace. We're going to call him Bill because that's his uh, preference. Uh, even though it's William Paul Smith, I think it's a pretty good name. Um, <laughs> so, uh, William, oh, sorry, Bill. Welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you. It's great to be with you guys today. That's right. John is going to give you the particulars about uh, Bill's uh, history, his bio a little bit. But I will say that uh, we were discussing just before we recorded that he did his undergrad at Drexel in Philadelphia, the Drexel Dragons, which is I do love alliteration. Uh, Kurt Cooper, <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of those kind of things. So anyway, Drexel Dragons, low key. We'll, we'll probably catch them in the NCAA tournament, you know, sometime pretty soon. So, anyway, John, why don't you go ahead? Well, yeah. Um, those who listen to RYM's other podcast, The Local Youth Worker, uh, you may remember uh, that Bill was on episodes 256 through 260. Uh, as we started out that podcast, we would break it up into five. Uh, smaller segments and we've gone to a longer format now but if you want to go back and check out those episodes a very good episode talking about uh, bill's uh, booklet uh, obsessed with your phone uh, that's a booklet you can get through uh, new growth press uh, i think in partnership with ccef um, some booklets that they've produced but a very helpful booklet i mean as we all are you know addicted to our phones to such a degree. I mean, that's something we've talked about uh, on this podcast. <laughs> Kurt's holding up his smartphone as I say that. Uh, but we've talked about that a lot on this uh, podcast. And so as we're talking about parenting uh, teens, preteens, I mean, it's a helpful booklet to pick up just to get you to think through uh, some of those um, ways in which uh, you can entrust your child with a smartphone and, and when to do that. But um Bill, uh, he has been a pastor. He is a counselor. He is on a, a faculty member for uh, with CCEF Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. Uh, he's taught uh, practical theology at Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, and has 
other books as well. As Kurt said, we're going to be talking about uh, Parenting with Words of Grace, which was released through Crossway uh, today. That's going to be the focus of our conversation Tuesday and Thursday. Um, but Bill, as we were getting into recording, you said you're currently, I think, serving at a church. And so do you want to just tell us a little bit about that as well as just kind of update people on your family as well? Yeah, um, was just invited to uh, be the senior pastor of a congregation just outside of Philadelphia. It's a congregation of professionals in the suburbs uh, who just have a passion to try to reach uh, the surrounding uh, community that they're in. Uh, you realize that in some sense the, the suburbs have their own unique challenges. They're, they're a, um, it's where the American dream uh, sort of it, it comes to fruition for a lot of people. And there is a and, and, uh, sort of a sense of we have it all and yet there's still something missing. Uh, and just very, very thankful to be with this group of people. Um, they are, they're, they're younger. Uh, if I'm not the oldest person in the room, I'm, I'm certainly one of them. Uh, <laughs> But it, it's a group of young families uh, with, with kids wanting to just understand how does the gospel impact uh, how we engage not just our work and our professional lives, but also our, our spouses and our children. Hmm. And so how long have you been there now? Just started this summer, okay. uh, just in July. Wow. And so senior pastor on top of <laughs> all these other responsibilities, I mean, it yeah, definitely means a lot that you're taking the time to, to come on and, and discuss uh, your book with us. So you've got a lot, a lot on your plate. Um, before we, we got in, yeah, Kurt, you're wanting to, I was just going to say, um, as part of the bio, uh, part of this, uh, since you did write a book on parenting, could you tell us a little bit about your family, um, about your, and, uh, you know, I know I already know because we've talked beforehand that you have three children, but how old they are and, you know, all of that too. We'd love to hear that. We do. We have three kids. Uh, they're about five years apart from each other. Uh, and we're in that launch phase where we have two in college. Uh, one's about ready to graduate this year. Uh, and then we have our, our baby at home still for one more year. Uh, it's, it's, I, I've loved every single phase. There's not been a phase that I, I, I couldn't wait to get out of. Um, and I missed some of them. But this has been just really fun. Uh, our older two are dating. We're actually about to add uh, to our family. We're looking at a wedding here very, very shortly. Um, it's been really fun to suddenly have a house full of adults who are related to us and, and just, you know, providing sort of a weekend together, uh, where we can all hang out. Uh, actually, uh, our, our daughter is coming home with her fiance, uh, just to visit for this weekend. So looking forward to that. That's awesome. Congrats on that. Well, as we, as we segue into uh, the, your newest book, Parenting with Words of Grace, um, maybe let's just start there of writing a, a book on, on parenting. I know oftentimes people can think, okay, there's a lot of books on parenting out there. And, you know, Paul David Tripp wrote the foreword to this book, and he had a book on parenting um, uh, released through Crossway as well. Um, what was it about this concept and this parenting book that kind of makes it different? And, you know, what, as you looked at the parenting literature, the, the kind of void that you saw that needed to be addressed a little bit more? I think maybe two voids, um, or, or at least underpopulated, maybe would be the best way, better way to say that. Uh, and it's been affirming to hear people come back and, and say, yeah, this is where what I'm, what I'm seeing in your book and think, okay, good, that you, you got it. And those two would be, I wanted something sort of from a more global perspective that was gospel rich, um, 
so that the the gospel is really the driving engine behind how we engage our children, um, but very practical. And as I've read books, I, I think they easily drift from one end to the other. Uh, so some books are incredibly practical, and, and you have a whole list of things that you're supposed to do, um, but they're not really connected and tied to the gospel. And, and you wouldn't say that the author was moralistic, but they're, they're not showing how a, an active relationship with Christ actually dri- is the driving engine behind those. On the other hand, I think you get uh, a lot that's written uh, with very broad brushstrokes. Um, that doesn't, you, you walk away thinking that's absolutely right, but I, I, I don't know how to implement that. And I wanted something that tied both of those together. The other thing in my mind, uh, as I've talked with people re- about relationships, um, I, I think people struggle to understand how do we go about building relationships. And so again, I, th- I think they fall into t- one of two ends on a continuum. The first one would be, we need a big event. We need the, a special over the top uh, thing. And so we're going to take this vacation. We're going to pack all the kids up. We're going to go and we're going to have a fantastic dinner out or, or something and, and hope that the event actually carries the relationship. Hmm. On the other hand, I think you wind up with people who say, I don't know how this happens. And I, I, I just I'm hoping that it does. And I go through the scripture and I see instead where relationships happen in the very mundane details of life. Um, and and conversation is one of those. We, we, we spend hours a day using words to interact with each other. And the ways that we use words and the kinds of words that we use and the intention with which we use them really communicate the kind of relationship that we uh, are, are, are building with somebody else. So I wanted to say, yeah, the relationships are not mysterious and, and there's actually something you can do about them. Uh, when you, I don't know, I've never written a book, so I don't know, uh, exactly how that process works, but when you're thinking about writing a book about parenting, when you're considering it, you know, when you're, when you're in the planning stages or the conceptual stage, um, how uh, how much do you talk about this, talk about that with your children, and also how much of what you draw, how much, what would you say, how much of it, what you draw uh, from, for this project would be from your own parenting, and how much of it is from, you know, uh, counseling other people who are parenting? That's a great question. Um, so let me back up a, just a little bit larger there. Uh, my, my kids are incredibly generous with their lives. Uh, I always ask their permission before I share something about them and about the interactions that we've had. They have complete veto power uh, over what I say and how I say it. Um, it. It's been very helpful as a pastor to look at them when I'm sharing a story about them in a larger public context uh, and, and see the impact that it's having. Uh, I think all of those things... Uh, bring a fair amount of personal to the to the book because I, I, I know the details and my family knows the details. And I, after I write them down, the, the kids go, no, dad, that's not how it happened. <laughs> the, the, they go, okay, let, let's look at that again. Um, so there's a fair amount in the book that is drawn personally. I think you can see the same kind of thing in the scripture. You get testimonial sections 
that that say this is what faith looks like on the ground. But then there's also uh, things that I've drawn from other people that I've interacted with. And at this point, I'm, I'm pretty sure I couldn't begin to remember where all those have been. Mm. The, book, the, the, the book actually started me about 15 years ago. Uh, I was asked to give a seminar. Uh, and so it's been sort of in the background for, for a number of years for me. Wow, 15 years ago. Um, and, and I should have said this at the end. John, sorry, John, where where were you 15 years ago? Just throwing that out there. Me? Mm-hmm. That was 2004. <laughs> wow, I was uh, just starting youth ministry. <laughs> yeah, I was in uh, I was in seminary. I was like, yeah, I was in seminary. I wasn't married yet. Um, <laughs> so it's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The idea for your book is older than my marriage. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that's impressive. Yeah. To just to have that kind of slow mentality to allow this to, to mm-hmm. just simmer in your mind as you're kind of cultivating that a little bit more. And did I jump in on you? Were you about to say something? Uh, it, was, it was funny. I, I actually finished up, uh, I finished the manuscript about half a year in advance uh, and, and the editor came back and said, do, do, do you want to spend a little bit more time with this? I said, no, I think I've, I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. 15 years is pretty good. That's, uh, yeah, a lot of time to, to proofread and to look over things. Um, now, and I, I should have said this from the outset that today, Tuesday, we're going to be talking kind of generically about the concept of the book. And then on Thursday, we're going to get into to some more specifics, but kind of just a, a generic question of, just asking the intimidation factor for writing a book on parenting that anytime, you know, you're, you're publishing a book, you're, you're getting that out there. I mean, people just say, okay, well, you must think you're an expert in this. And so just the, the thoughts of that, the communication with other people about that. And, um, yeah, well, just walk us through some of the, the intimidation of putting a book out there on parenting. Uh. You're inviting yourself to be critiqued publicly uh, by people who have never met you and have no understanding of of who you are, and that's uh, that's a very hard place for me. Sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> as a lifelong man fear, uh, that that's just terrifying. Um, I think the hardest part is when people. Uh, critique you for things that are not in the book, mm-hmm. uh, and and you think, look, y'all, it, it's it's a fairly thin book. It's not. I'm I'm not trying to do a, a full treatise here. Uh, what was my hope? My hope was I think I've learned some things that have been helpful to me to other people uh, over the years, and I'd like to share them. So, am I an expert in communication? I don't think so. Um, I think I'm helpful. Uh, I was going to ask. Um, when you think about when, when you're writing a book like this, like you already said, you've drawn a lot from your own experience. Uh, do you think about, uh, or I, I don't even know if it's possible to think in this way, but do you think about families who are a lot different from you, personality-wise, you and your wife, and um, and and how um, how do you speak to like those everyone's in my experience, everyone has all these unique family dynamics. And one of my favorite things to see is how different people's families are from the family that I, um, where I grew up and, uh, so, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, you know, the comparison and the contrast between these two uh, things. How do you, um, 
how do you how do you research that or how do you how do you take that into account yeah it's a, that's a great question i think there's a lot of mental work that you have to do um so what does that look like sometimes it looks like uh envisioning people from uh congregations that i've had um and and thinking about their family and their family dynamics or i think about um people that i've counseled um there are people that you come across on the news um do you, i don't know that you want to overweight that because because that's a, a, a there's a selection process for, for for stories that you are presented and with um but i think there's some value to that as well i i think uh I think public ministry pushes you in in two directions at the same time. You have to be generic enough that you're able to speak broadly to a large group of people um, or larger group, but you have to be specific enough and that that people have enough handles um, on what you're saying to be able to grab hold of it. Uh, In regards to that, when you... um when when you are when you're writing uh, this book and when you're well, how much of what you cover in this I think I already know the answer to this question but I think it'd be helpful to hear what you have to say about it how much of this you know this book is about how you communicate with your children how much of this book can be translated to how you communicate with your peers, to how you communicate with your, uh, with your authority figures, um, in your life. Like talk me through like the principle, the guiding principles and like how that would be applied, even if you weren't a parent or even if you, um, you know, are at the end of your parenting, you know, in the launch phase. And just for the record, that was going to be my next question. So Kurt, you just took it. (laughs) I I want it to be, I mean, it's on the record because we're recording this, but every time I ask a question, he says, great question. Every time (laughs) he rolls his eyes. People can't see it, but yes. (laughs) This guy. So anyway, it's fine. Bill, later on, we'll just do a podcast together. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for the interruption. Okay. Back to, back to his question. I, 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 I think you're getting at one of the secrets um, behind my, my, my intention of the book. Uh, and that is that the book is really, from my vantage point, a theology of communication. Um, but frankly, I didn't think anybody really cared what I thought about communication. So I, I thought, well, what's an audience that people will care about? And it's, it is parenting. But as a number of the reviews that I've gotten have said, um, yeah, it's applicable broadly across the, the board. Yeah. And and since I, I was planning on asking that question, I, I want to say Paul David Tripp, maybe in the forward, uh, I said that, that, you know, this is really more than just, you know, parenting, uh, communication from parent to child. And, and I know this, this is kind of getting us to dip into the book just a little bit, but could, could you give us a little bit of a, a theology of communication? It seemed like to me, maybe the first book that I came across uh, that really kind of gave me that category was War of Words. Um, I think that mm-hmm. was a book. Was that Paul David Tripp who wrote that? As yeah. Well? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of a theology of communication. I, just as I go through several of the chapters, I'm seeing uh, this is just, you know, rooted in Genesis 1 and 2 and how God relates to us. And so, yeah, just give us maybe an overarching thought of theology of communication. I, I, I think... Uh... 
I'm, I'm regularly amazed as I consider what God does. He, he creates this world that has um, clearly been around long before any of us showed up. Uh, lots of things have been happening. The longer that you look at it, the more you realize there's cosmic levels of, of uh, sort of behind the scenes that we're, we're, we're at best dimly aware of. Uh, and, and we enter into this world as complete novices. We don't know a thing. Uh, and, and yet as we um, go through life, we start to master what this world is all about, what our place is in it, what's our identity, what's our purpose, how are we to live here, um, and how are we to do that well. And you realize that all of that gets communicated to us in, in, in just these little interactions uh, with other people. Uh, and, and it does. It goes all the way back into the garden where you have Adam and Eve who are completely sinless, absolutely perfect, no failings, no moral uh, missteps whatsoever. And, and they're absolutely clueless. They, they, they don't know who they are and they don't know why they're here. And God has to come and let them know you're made in my image. You're to rule and subdue. This is woman. This is man. And, and, and he's, he's downloading to them. All the things that they need to know in order to live well in his world. And that's what takes place when people are perfect. Uh, it, it's that much more critical afterward. And I think that's part of why you you see it in modern storylines uh, over and over and over, uh, both Christian and secular literature. You know, the, the, the hobbits do the same kind of thing in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy. They, they, they're utterly clueless. But over time, they grow to figure out their place in the world just because people talk to them. They tell them stories. They communicate value to them. And that's that role is now given to the people, the creatures that God speaks to. And so you just start to go through the scripture, and you see this overarching storyline of we are to communicate to each other and primarily to our children the kinds of things that we have learned from the Lord and from others about what this world is all about. Uh, Bill, I was going to ask, uh, John, let me check really quick. How are we doing on time? We're good. Oh, okay. I was going to uh, shut it down after this one and bring it okay. into to Thursday. Well, I was just going to ask, uh, and we might be dipping a little bit into the book here too, but you know, people have different communication styles and some of those are by nature and some of them are by nurture, right? Uh, some people have loud voices and some people have quiet voices. Some people are extroverts. Some people are introverts. Um, how much when we're if you're learning to parent with words of grace, um, how much um, is there one particular communication style that is more advantageous to parenting with words with grace? Uh, is someone who is loud and expert going to have to work harder or someone who's quiet and uh, kind of a wallflower, are they going to have to work harder or are they just going to have to work on different things? I think I probably know the answer to this question, but I'd like to hear you talk about it a little bit. I think that's a great question. I think you're asking uh, how do our how do our personalities uh, that are utterly unique um, play into how we interact and engage with others? And you realize that every one of us has to grow because we have to adapt ourselves to other people. Um, this, this is a trivial case, but my voice tends to be a little fuzzy. 
Uh, it, 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 it dies about 10 yards beyond me. There's a, a, a guy in our congregation right now. His voice carries from one end of the room to the other. Now, okay, he, we, we, we use him for announcements because uh, he can get everybody's attention. <laughs> we do not use me for that. In fact, when I'm with older people whose hearing uh, is degrading, I actually have to, I've learned that I have to speak louder. Uh, now, the same kind of things go for introvert, extrovert. Um, your size carries some of that. Uh, my, my wife and I somehow managed to create a six foot two young man. Uh, he, he, he could be intimidating a little bit, uh, and, and, but his voice and the way that he approaches people lets you know that he's safe to be with. Um, the way that I engaged my daughter was helpful to her, uh, when she was younger, uh, sort of a daddy's got this, you don't need to, uh, and gave her a safe space in the world. Another one of our children was scared by that. Uh, and so I, I'm one person having to learn multiple different kinds of ways of engaging uh, the people in my family. Mm. I think you're always doing that, thinking about the impact that you're having on someone else. Mm. Yeah, that's really helpful just to think of the the different personalities that make up your family and that you're going to have different styles of communication to connect. And that's daunting when you think about it. <laughs> just, I just wish there's a one-size-fits-all um, way to, to do this. But... Uh, yes, yeah, some very helpful uh, perspective uh, there. Um, let's go ahead and break here, and we'll pick up some more specifics of the book on Thursday. Again, just a reminder, the book is Parenting with Words of Grace. And I want to tell all of our listeners, one, this is an excellent book, and we want to make sure you guys check it out. Um, if you wait all the way to the end of our conversation on Thursday, we will tell you how to get some free copies of that book. We're going to be giving some books away. So be sure to tune in on Thursday, and we'll give you that information and continue our conversation uh, with Bill Smith. Bill, Kurt, good talking with you. See you, uh, see you on Thursday. Be great, guys.